Hello, everyone. This is David Gray, and welcome to SWAT Radio. I'm in today with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and we are glad you are with us. If you have questions or comments during the program, you can call us at 844-777-7928, or you can email us with your questions or comments at ask at SWATradio.com. And we are thankful again for all of our listeners here on 91.7 in Jacksonville, The Truth. 91.9 91.9 in St. Augustine. Uh, I think it's 91.3. Is that right in Folkestone, yeah, Georgia? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. blurred out here on the sheet. I haven't uh, used this for a while. You got it right. <laughs> and, of course, uh, our folks listening in Meridian, Mississippi, and on the Lighthouse in coastal uh, Virginia. Welcome to all of you. So, Doug, how you doing? I'm good. It's good to have you back in the studio again. Craig did a good job yesterday. Uh, he said it was uh, stepping out of his uh comfort zone yeah uh, so uh but anyway. that's what you that's part of what you've been teaching on so he was he was uh following the scriptures and just like paul stepped out of his comfort zone to to uh te- teach and meet with lydia yeah right? yeah yeah that's exactly right craig was uh stepping out of his comfort zone and i get it i mean i i had had when i started doing this with you i had had a little bit of experience i always joked you know i did play-by-play for Nice High School football and baseball back when my kids were playing. And when I say play-by-play, I mean on the internet channel we have. And we I always joke we had an average listenership of 7.5, you know, grandparents and the occasional uncle. So, But um, I, had, I had had a chance to do it in the past a little bit. So it wasn't quite as, as new for me as it is for someone who's never done it. Well, I mean, uh, David, I, I, I was um, – just because you and I have a, a pretty – long history uh you you've been a pretty regular contributor on the radio program uh that the people give me feedback and they go hey we like that guy from boston that plumber yeah, yeah that plumber guy <laughs> who's not the plumber guy i'm not but, the plumber. Uh, i thought there were you know in the last couple of days there's been a, a kind of a roller coaster effect of what's going on with what happened the other night with the leaking of this draft opinion that's not yet uh, – it, it was not the final draft. It was a draft that was circulated about a ruling coming out in June related to Roe v. Wade. And there's been a lot of uh, protest out in L.A. There were protests. Um, in D.C., they erected barricades around the Supreme Court building. Uh, why is that? Because the government, one of the – one of the judicial the, the judicial highest branch of the judiciary who is one of the balancing arms says hey it was leaked that we got it wrong mm-hmm. which people have said that for years sure. that it was wrong sure and all they're saying is that it's going back to the states we're going to put that back but what was really telling was a comment made by president joe biden and um, if you remember, uh, Joe Biden um, blocked Robert Bork back as the uh, head of the Senate Judiciary Committee back then and really basically took a good man and destroyed his character yes. like they tried to do 
with Kavanaugh. Correct. Because they didn't like the fact that he came from a conservative view of the Constitution. Right. right. And they feared what is they believe is going to happen now. But anyway, all that to say, um, the president said this. He goes, and this is a quote, the idea that we're letting states make those decisions, localities make those decisions, would be a fundamental shift in what we've done. This is what he said. You know, he, the thing about President Biden that's really interesting is he sometimes tells the truth in a way that I don't think people might not want him to. Mm-hmm. But he said, this would be a fundamental shift back to our constitutional order. He didn't say that. That's a commentary added on to it. Right. Because the Constitution does not provide the right to an abortion. That was something that was brought in via Roe v. Wade. And uh, later, he said this would be a fundamental shift in American Jewish jurisprudence if it were to hold. And he said... There's so many fundamental rights that are affected by that. And listen to this. I'm not prepared to leave that to the whims and the public at the moment in the local areas. Mm. In other words. The ministry of truth. Yeah. We, we We're going to tell you what's true. Yeah. We want, we control you. Mm-hmm. And we don't trust the American people to choose for themselves. A government for the people and by the people is uh, swiftly yep. exiting the building. Yep. I think some of the quotes and the reactions to this, especially on the left, have just been preposterous is a word that comes to my mind. Uh, I, heard, I saw one comment. I don't know who it was attributed to, but from the left that said the Supreme Court doesn't have the right to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this is what they exist for. Yeah. And, and, and you know what else? Like, we, what's the phrase? Elections have consequences, right? Yeah. And when President Trump was elected and when, when you know, conservative principles were more in place, mm-hmm. um, he appointed he appointed justices. Now, you know, we might not, there are certainly things that they've decided on and ruled on that I don't think some of us were thrilled with, but, but those appointees were done based on the way the system works and uh, on the election results, he was elected. There were vacancies. He was able to appoint and get them approved. Mm -hmm. If it was the other way around all these years that conservatives have been screaming for a change in the law, the, 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 the Supreme court was held up as the highest, you know, this is the law of the land. This is the highest ruling body in the land. Now that they're acting in a way that certain people don't like, Oh, they're, yeah. they're, they're scathing in their comments about them and well, t- saying they don't have the right to do these. Well, things. It's, and, it's, and people are saying that they need to pack the court now. They're saying all oh, this stuff. But I, w- I want to go back to our president again. Just again, people, we can hear comments and it gives us insight. Mm-hmm. You know, we're commanded to pray for the emperor in the Bible or the leaders. Mm-hmm. And we need to be praying as we hear these comments they're instructive to us to know how to pray mm-hmm. that God, Joe Biden is president. Biden is a, uh, never, he's never been, uh, ambiguous in his claims to be a Roman Catholic, right? Comes from the Northeast, a lot of Catholics up there. And, um, but he made this comment about Roe. He said, think what Roe says. Roe says that all basic 
mainstream religions have concluded that the right, that the existence of a human life and being is a question. And it's at the moment of conception. Is it at six months? Is it at six weeks? And he says, is it quickening like Aquinas, Aquinas argued? And he basically said, nobody knows when life begins. Now, he claims to be a Roman Catholic. You know, I may not agree with a lot of the Roman Catholic theology. Right. But the one thing they've stood very firm on is when life begins, and that's at conception. Right. Right. I would go further, and I'd say it's before conception because God says he knew us before we were formed in Mm -hmm. the womb. Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, we are... What, we're going to watch uh, an implosion of a lot of people as this unfolds because I don't think they're ready for it, even though they knew it was coming. And when I say they, I mean people that want to continue this idea of aborting babies. 60 million plus is where we're at. Yeah. And that's that's over, a, a, that's like, a, what is it, like almost uh, – I don't know how many people, 400 million in the United States, yeah. 15% mm-hmm. of the number of people here aborted. And and so it was it was a pretty big thing. And now Bernie Sanders and some others are trying to push legislation. They're suggesting, hey, they've got to codify Roe v. Wade, which uh, I think they're going to have a tough time doing. I, I agree. I agree. And, and, and you know, not... The majority of Americans, like you said, might not agree on on exactly what should be allowed and what shouldn't. But I think the vast majority of people agree that there at least has to be some kind of limitation on this. Mm-hmm. Right now, we would say <laughs> it, it's got to be severe limitation, if if at all. Mm-hmm. But but you know, I, I think that most people agree that this idea of Third trimester abortions and abortions on demand is 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 craziness. Mm-hmm. And, and when you read, what I'm struck by is when I read the comments, like what you read by Biden and, and plenty of others reacting to the possibility that this could be overturned. I'm I'm I think of the fable, right? I don't know if it's an Aesop's fable or, but the fable mm. of the emperor's new clothes. <laughs> yeah, I think of that all the time when I read these comments. This idea that that what is right and rational and true is pushed aside just like you know for 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 ridiculousness and lies and evil just like in a in a much simpler way the emperor wanted everybody to praise his new clothes when he had nothing on until some kid said he's not wearing any clothes right yeah. and yeah. blurted out the truth yeah and i and i think of that all the time with this when and i just would challenge people like you said to read the comments that's a great point. So we know how to pray, but also to read them so we know kind of what we're up against. And the it's just it's not even just a a fudging of the truth. It's a complete dismissal of the truth and replacing it with with total falsehood in and, these states. And we're supposed to be warriors advancing truth and protecting the vulnerable. Yeah. God God has called us as his people to be warriors for truth, to put him on display by caring for the vulnerable. Mm. I don't know of a more vulnerable person than an infant in the womb. Right. Great point. We're going to take a quick break here. Call us at 844-777-7928. We will be right back on SWAT Radio. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain Welcome back, everyone, to SWAT Radio here on the Wednesday, May 4th edition of the SWAT Radio program. And I'm going to say it, and everybody can roll their eyes. You know that today is Star Wars Day, right? May the 4th May the be 4th with you. be with you, yeah. Well, hey, did you know that May 2nd was the chosen day? Oh, really? Because of five, two, five loaves, two fishes. I did not know that. Yeah. I, I like that one better than May the 4th. Five loaves, five loaves, two fishes. Yeah, because that's a big numbers in The Chosen. And yeah. So, uh, yeah. And and tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. But, uh, that was the name of the uh, the clothing store on Seinfeld. <laughs> Where Kramer went in to try to change all I the prices. I knew you were going to bring this up. Hey, hey, I wanted to let our listeners know, if you are in the Jacksonville, St. Augustine, South Georgia area, it'd be worth the drive down to Fruit Cove uh, Baptist Church on Friday night, May 6th, to listen to Ted Cunningham. Or tomorrow you can get a flavor of him. We're going to replay an interview we did with Ted on uh, SWAT radio and uh, he'll be our, our uh, is a past program replay tomorrow at, at three, but he's going to be speaking on uh, Friday, May 6th from seven to nine. And it's a love laugh pursue date night event down at fruit Cove Baptist church. You can get more information about attending by going to fruit Cove F R U I T C-O-V-E dot com backslash date night. Fruitcove.com backslash date night. Ted Cunningham, he is one of the funniest pastors I have ever <laughs> met. In fact, if you listen to him when he shares, you think he's a comedian just because he's he's so um, de- self-deprecating and his humor is just so off the cuff. Uh, he's just been blessed with a very good sense of humor. Yeah, I'll have to. I don't usually like that kind of stuff, that comedy stuff, but I'll go out and listen to yeah, it. Yeah, I know. You're not a big comedy guy. Uh, he he is really. Yeah, I've heard. I've, I've never heard him that I can remember, but uh, 
I know one of our, our SWAT guys was promoting the, the date night and mentioned him, and I didn't realize that you had had him on as a guest in the past. So yeah, it was I'll, a couple I'll of years to, ago. I'll have to listen for that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, he, he is a, he's a really, really good guy. Well, you know, this week, David, we are in Act 16, and we kind of introed it on Monday yesterday with Craig. By the way, thank you so much, Craig, for being on here yesterday. We, we got into... Uh, getting outside of our plans and our comfort zone and how God kind of took Paul into a Roman colony, which was basically like little Rome. Now, mm. going to a little Rome is the last place a Jew would want to go. There, there were, I mean, Rome has symbolized uh, pleasure, power, uh, worldliness. Sounds like like the U.S., right? I mean, mm. it was, uh, unfortunately... But it was symbolized by that. And Philippi was a, a Roman colony, a little Rome. And that's where uh, that's where um, God took Paul. He wanted to minister in synagogues, and God took him to a riverbank. He wanted to minister to men, and God took him to women, and planted the flag for Christianity in Europe with a group of women that were meeting to pray. And that's what we, we've been looking at this week in Acts 16, 11 through 15. And what we saw uh, is that we, we talked a little bit about the Greek culture and how Philippi was immersed in that Greek culture. And in, in the Greek culture, man really sought for answers outside of God. They, they looked for human reasoning to solve the world's problems of how, you know, while we're here, what do we do while we're here? How do we deal with pain? And they sought to do it. But when a man's culture is without Yahweh, it collapses. It reminds me of your phrase from a few lessons ago. It's the finite trying to dictate to the infinite, right? We talked about that. that, that That's exactly right. And, and they collapsed. Hmm. Greece collapsed. Rome collapsed. And every culture that rejects Yahweh and Yahweh's standards ultimately is going to collapse. Mm. And um, we saw that without the personal infinite God, that that how do you how do you give value to a man or a woman? And the truth of the matter is, in our culture, if if there is no God, no no deity, no no divine being, then do what you want. Right. But why do, our government won't allow that. See, I mean, any government is going to try to impose some restrictions. They always do. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just have anarchy. So for, for what, 200 years, our, our country w- pretty much lived based on God's value system. Uh, our laws come out of the Bible. You know, and for literally until the 1950s, a lot of the laws that were in the Bible— were the laws that we live by, mm-hmm. the, the same laws that, that kind of ruled. In fact, if you go up to the Supreme Court, isn't there Ten Commandments up there in the calls of Congress? Mm-hmm. One of the, it's up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of city halls had those Ten Commandments in and courtrooms right. Right. because God's law was the basis for our laws in our country. Uh, you don't murder. You don't commit adultery. You don't steal. All those things. I mean, like, I can remember a comedian one time sharing about his coming to faith and people were booing in the audience because they didn't like the fact he was talking about God. 
He said, yeah, let me ask you a question. Which one of those Ten Commandments do you not like? Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, like I really have a problem with not murdering. You know, I don't want to be murdered. Do you want somebody to murder you? And so he just went down, and it really exposes. That's a great way to do it, yeah. Yeah, it exposes, like, the fact that somebody sets the standards. Yep. And if they're not God's standards, then who determines? Is it the most people? Is it the most powerful people? Yep. The most wealthy people? So so the Greek culture was trying to do this without God. And Paul brings a message of, you know, Caesar is not God, which was the Roman message. Uh, it, the message of Rome was Pax Romano. In other words, peace that comes from Roman mm-hmm. rule. Mm-hmm. And God's message was shalom that comes from God. God is in control, and God invites us to join him. Rome forces you to join mm, him. Mm-hmm. And, and God says, no, you, you're free to live that way, but if you live that way, there's going to be consequences. Right. And And so Paul's bringing this message, and we talked about getting outside of our plans, and we saw him go down to the place and he he in, interacted with Lydia. We talked about Lydia being from Thyatira and um, we talked about how women in that culture could not make an independent spiritual decision. In other words, a woman could not make a decision about the deity she was going to worship without her husband's approval. Mm. And for the first time, a religious faith comes along and gives women in the culture a choice to worship with no restrictions or constraints from their husband. Because God said there's no Jew or Gentile, there's not slave or free, there's no male or female as far as relating to him goes. Right. Or favoritism, right? No, yes. no favoritism. No. And so that's really where we were yesterday. We, we kind of got into that getting outside of our plans and comfort zone, and we saw God taking Paul very much out of his comfort zone and out of his agenda to take him to start this great mission church called the Church at Philippi. And he did it with a lady named Lydia. So today we're going to look at at really verses 14 and 15. And we're going to see Paul's first European convert here, a lady named Lydia. And we're going to learn about her. We're going to we're going to make observations about five things that we can observe about Lydia that really shows God working in her, drawing her to Him, but also preparing to use her. And and the principle really out of this these two verses is God was already doing a work in Lydia. Mm-hmm. And this principle I learned a long time ago from uh, a guy named Henry Blackaby. Find where God is working and join him there. Mm. Look around you. You know, people always want to know, I want to start this ministry. I want to start this ministry. I want to do this. See where God's working and join him. Mm -hmm. And that's what Paul did. You know, Paul wanted men. God gave him women. He saw God working in their life, and he said, I'm going to join God there. And he did. And, And Lydia ends up becoming this matron of the Philippi church. They, The church meets in her house. right? And, you know, all these people that are naysayers about God and women that say God, you know, the Bible is so negative about women. Really, when you stop and think about it, where did the church in Jerusalem meet? 
and met in Mary, the mother of John, mm-hmm. John Mark's house. Mm-hmm. Who were the first people that, that God appeared to, Jesus appeared to post-resurrection to women? Right. And now here he is planning the first European church that you and I benefited from here in America mm-hmm. and and it's women. Yep. And yep. so it remind and we talked about this, right? The announcement of his birth was to shepherds who who couldn't be legal witnesses in, in a court. And then the the announcement of his resurrection initially was to women who were like the shepherds in that respect. Yeah. But God, like you said, showing that there is no favoritism. I mean, how how much more can you do it than that? That mm-hmm. there's no partiality and no favoritism. The other thing I wanted to mention, and maybe you can talk about this when we come back, is this story of Paul and Lydia reminds me so much of Peter and Cornelius. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of similarities. Oh, right? there, there, there are. You see a lot of overlap in the way. But in both cases, that's a great insight because God is working in those people in Cornelius in Cornelius, he was working, right. and here in Lydia, he was working. Right. Hey, and by the way, where was Lydia from? Thyatira. Right. You know where that was? It was in Asia. Right. Where did Paul want to go? Yeah. He, he wanted want- to go to Asia. Yeah. And so God brings an Asian to Europe right. for Paul to go to Europe to win an Asian who goes back and forth selling purple goods. Right. I was just thinking about how, how much Peter was out of his comfort zone with Cornelius, just like you're talking about Paul being out of his comfort zone with, with Lydia. Peter would have much preferred to go to Jews, right? And he had to go to a Gentile Roman household. And, and, and you know, he had to eat food that he thought was unclean that God was declaring clean. I mean, talking... At, so I just see a lot of similarities there, so... Yeah, it, it reminds me of Pastor Will, you know, Ronnie McKenna. Sure, my roommate. You, 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 my remember, roommate. You, you remember when Ronnie was at the, the pool... And God put it on yep. his heart. Ronnie is a black brother in the Lord, a minister, who God says, I want you to go minister to this KKK guy over here. Yep. How about that? Yep. That was a big yep. out-of-comfort zone that's experience, a, That's too. a great story. Yep. Well, we are going to break for the news here uh, in just a few seconds. Uh, we're glad you're with us. If you want to call us with any comments or questions, 844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. We will be back. After the news, come on back. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. This is David Gray, along with Doug McCary from His Light Ministries, and we are glad you're with us. We are in Acts chapter 16, uh, verses 11 to 15 this week, and prior to the break, we're talking about uh, Paul's interactions in uh, Philippi with Lydia and how God took him out of his comfort zone and uh, also showed him where he, meaning God showed Paul where he was working and invited Paul to join him there, as Doug was saying. So, Doug, I know we were going to pick up there and get into the five qualities of Lydia. 
Yeah, and uh, before we do, I'm going to go ahead and have you read the text. And uh, um, as you read about going through Samothrasay and uh, and also uh, going into you know down to Neapolis, which was the port city of Philippi. Uh, just, I know we've read that, but just kind of to set the stage so people that might be tuning in for the first time yep. uh, can hear wh- where we are. Sure. So this is Acts chapter 16, verses 11 through 15. You want me to read all 11 yep. through yep. 15, right? So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrasay and the following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days, and on the Sabbath day we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul, and after she was baptized and her household as well, She urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So this lady named Lydia from Thyatira, which was, by the way, on the other side of the Aegean, where they had kind of come from a little bit, um, within Asia. And the ancient name of Thyatira was the kingdom of Lydia. Hmm. So some people believe that Lydia was not so much her personal name as just maybe her trade name, like the lady from Lydia that just became Lydia. Right. Um, she, you know, she may have been known as the Lydian lady, uh, the, you know, or the one from Lydia, but Thyatira was known for its dyes, the purple dyes, the purple dyes were, um, very expensive because they were extracted one drop at a time from shellfish and they were used to dye uh, wealthy and royalty clothing and so it says she was a worshiper of god um she was a god fear <coughs> she had not become a proselyte but she was behaving and and believed like a jew but she had just not gone I guess through the whole process but as she listened to Paul's message the Lord it says opened her heart in verse 14 that means he he opened her mind to understand the gospel and to respond to it the saving initiative come from God it came from God and so there's just a few things I, I'd like to point out uh, from this text one she sought God why was Lydia at the river bank with these women who were praying? Mm. It says she was a worshiper of she, God. She was worshiping. said the same thing about Cornelius, yes. right? But God opened Cornelius's mind as well. So yes, and John six says no one can come to me. This is Jesus speaking. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And and how God drew Lydia was through being around these exiled women who were faithful Jewish women praying mm-hmm. at a riverbank. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said yesterday, and I think I said Monday, where were the men? There, there's no men that we know of there. Yet. Well, that's why there was no synagogue, right? Because they didn't have 10 Jewish men. They had to have Jewish 10, men, ten, ten right? men. 
And so, but it doesn't say anything about men being there. All right. it says with the women, right? It doesn't say brothers and sisters. It says women. The women were there, and Lydia was one who sought God. First of all, she sought God. Second, she shemad God. And you remember the word shema means a hearing to hear, but it's a hearing that produces an action. And notice in the text itself, it says, one who heard us, right, in verse mm-hmm. 14, mm-hmm. one who heard, um, and it also says that um, the Lord opened her heart to what? Pay attention in verse 14. So she heard, she paid attention. This reminds me of John 10 where Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Mm. If somebody is teaching the truth about God and I'm in that audience, I'm wanting to know what it is. So likewise, if I'm not seeking the truth about God, I don't care. I'm just doing religious activity. If somebody's sitting up there talking about the one true living God, I may or may not be moved to listen if it's not some God I seek. And what I find in a lot of churches, Dave, is there are people that seek God's blessing. They don't seek God. Mm-hmm. They just want God to bless their lives like a genie in the bottle. And I think of John 7, where in John seven seventeen it says, if anyone's will is to do God's will, then he will know whether the teaching is from God. In other words, if you're out in the audience and your your desire is to do God's will and somebody stands up, and then the spirit moving within you is going to respond to that. Right. That's what happened with with uh, Lydia. Lydia sought God. She shemad God. And she turned to the God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac, and Moses, the God Yahweh, who is the father of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it also says in verse verse 14, she not only sought God and shemad God, she surrendered to God. It said he opened her heart, and what did she do? Verse 14 Mm. said said that he opened her heart to pay attention, and then verse 15 says, and after she was baptized. Baptism was always a visible manifestation of, of what had gone on in the heart. Right. It was just a symbolic display of what had already happened. And so she had surrendered to God in her heart. And it evokes in my mind the the verse in Luke that says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever will lose his life for my sake will save it. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose or forfeit himself? And so Lydia surrendered in her heart, and by surrendering in her heart, she said, I want to be baptized. And so the the baptism was like a physical display of what took place in her heart, and she was bold. In that culture, now think about what was going on. To be baptized, she was identifying with the God of Paul, Silas, Timothy, these people from the Middle East, these Jewish people who were bringing this strange teaching 
it says in Acts 17 about um, this guy who was said was resurrected. Mm-hmm. This Middle Eastern cult, she was all in. And identifying with guys that had been persecuted for this. Exactly. And, and, and I'm sure she, I don't know what extent she would have known about that, but she was identifying and opening herself up to that. And, and by surrendering and being baptized, she risked her business. Mm. She risked her property. Rome could have very easily has seen, had seen that as at least the Roman magistrates there could have seen that as a threat to the city and said, you know what, we're going to confiscate your property uh, because you've aligned yourself with these people who have come to overthrow Rome or whatever. And so she sought God, she shamed God, she surrendered to God. But then notice in verse uh, 15 what else she did. It says her whole household as well was baptized. She shared God's gospel. Mm. Her whole household. This was a, a woman who was an influence in her house. This was a woman who uh, her servants, those people that were there, listened to her, and they were baptized as well. So she sought God, she shamed God, she surrendered to God, she shared God's gospel. And also in verse 15, the first thing she did, and, and Dave, this is so indicative of people where the spirit is, she showed hospitality. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we were in Israel, you and I, and I was teaching at the uh, Southern Steps about... I was too busy fending, off, <laughs> yeah, fending yeah. off the hail. Yeah, there was hailing that day. I forgot about <laughs> it. But, but if you remember, I, I referenced back to Leviticus where God said, you know, at Pentecost, when they celebrated Pentecost in the Old Testament, they were reminding each other to leave the four corners of their field for the sojourner, for mm-hmm. the alien, to share with others. That was a mark of God's people. Mm-hmm. And what did the early believers do when at Pentecost the Spirit was poured out on them? They they sold property. They took care of each other. They shared. They had everything in common. Mm. They They helped those who were in need. And what's the first thing Lydia does? She goes to Paul and Barnabas, Silas, and uh, Timothy and says, Hey, stay at my you guys stay yeah. here. Yep. Now listen, we don't know where her husband is. We don't know if she had a husband. We but but to put these guys up in your house when you are interacting with wealthy people, you're interacting with affluent people as a purple dye seller. Um this was a big deal. Mm. And you know, Lydia's home became the meeting place of the church. Yep. And so she sought God, she shamed God, she surrendered to God, she shared God. And she served God's kingdom first. She urged them. This was a woman that wouldn't take no for an answer because it says she prevailed upon them. You know, you can just hear, uh-uh, Paul, I'm sorry. You're going to stay here. You're going to eat. I'm going to cook you all some dinner. Sit down. Right. Yeah. You know, you can just see that. Happening. Right. Right. Yeah. We don't have the scripture on that necessarily, <laughs> but I'm not talking about that. But the chosen does a good job with that, with the woman at the well in Samaria, with her wanting them all to come and stay yeah. with her. Whether that happened or not, we don't know, but it's certainly in character yes. for people after they become believers. So yes. we're going to take a break here, uh, come back and join us for the last segment. Call us at 844-777-7928 if you have a question or a comment. We will be right back on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. 
If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed, for the good Lord has come to see. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. David Gray along with Doug McCary from His Light Ministries, and we're glad you're with us for this last segment. If you want to get a comment or a question in, please call us at 844-777-7928 or email at ask at SWATradio.com. And, Doug, you know, as we've been, you've been going through these points about Lydia, about the characteristics in her as she sought God and as God opened her heart and as she received Jesus and surrendered and as she shared the gospel, I, the, the part about her household being baptized, you know, there's another another very close corollary to Cornelius. And it's a reminder that God, first and foremost, uses the family mm-hmm. as the way for the gospel to be spread, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you automatically, you know, believe because your family believes everybody individually has to respond right but yeah but the family is the primary means by which you know god it's that central unit that god uses and look in our lifetimes the way the family has been attacked mm. and, and and ripped at and and torn apart and you know it, it's no coincidence right an effort to disrupt the passing on of the gospel uh and the other thing on a on a maybe a little more positive note, you know, when you were talking about her, uh, Lydia's hospitality, what flashed into my head was when we were in the Philippines and, uh, you know, 12 of us from SWAT went and we went, you know, with Bob Tebow's group and we were out do, being able to do gospel presentations in schools mainly. And, and I can't tell you how many times in the schools, the teachers after we were done were giving us, their lunches, mm-hmm. right? They, they, yeah, they would give. They, you. they just wanted us to come in and sit down in their little lunchroom or conference room, and there were several times where they were giving us lunches that they brought for themselves that day, yeah. and we were trying to say, no, no, you don't need to do that. And, and to your point, they insisted. Yes, and and I don't know. Of course, I can't know where all of them stood exactly with their faith, but but it's interesting that. 
it it was in response to us talking about the gospel with them and the kids, and and I'm sure a lot of them, you know, have have faith, and uh, and they and that's the way they reacted. So just a that just uh, Lydia's hospitality reminded me of that. Well, I you know, I, David, I was just thinking about personal application for us. Okay, <laughs> just to to really put it put it right front and center for us when your doorbell rings <laughs> is your first thought oh man it's great we get to have somebody in we can talk to or is it man i'm right in the middle of doing this or i'm right in the middle of watching this or i'm right in the yeah. middle of doing something why am i being bothered right yeah. now who is that yeah, exactly like I'm, that's our attitude is exactly like, i might yell at my wife do you know who that is yeah you expecting are they, yeah or somebody coming to see yeah. you instead of yeah wow you know what god has placed us here to be hospitality bringers, yeah. to be people who yeah. who actually, because of his love for us, extend that love to others. And you see in Lydia a woman who is very blessed financially. She moved in big circles, and the moment that Christ came into her heart, she went. She said to them, "You're staying here. I mean, I'm gonna. I don't care if it costs. You're gonna stay here. I'm gonna take care of you. You know, I've got the means, and I'm gonna do it." You need you need food. You need a place to stay. Mm-hmm. I do it. It wasn't like, well, I got man. This is going to mess up my business or my calendar. Right. It was. She was on board, and you see that with God's people when God comes into their heart first, then He takes their heart out to the world. Mm. Yeah, and that's even what you what you commented on, and I, that that cuts me because I can be like that. Oh, who is that? You know. I'm trying to watch this episode of Everybody Loves Raymond for the 400th time. Who's who dare interrupt yes, me? Yeah, but, why is it that 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 bothers us when we've seen something? Like I know, that? but you know that's changed even since I was a kid. You know, when I was a kid, if somebody knocked on the door, and it was a lot more common, I think, for neighbors and friends to come to the door, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a big deal. Everybody did it. I was at my friend's house. I must have driven his parents crazy. Mm-hmm. I was there all the time, mm-hmm. but now. It just seems like the culture, you know, and and we've been affected by the culture. Yes. You know, that it's a hassle. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, we do kind of see it as a hassle because we, we, even in our neighborhoods, the way, I mean, how many, how many of us out here know our neighbors, mm. you know, your neighbor's name, we pray for them. If they showed up at your doorstep, would you know it's your neighbor? That'd be pretty embarrassing. They knock on the door. Who is that? And Oh, oh, that's our neighbor. And we don't even know who they are. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that Lydia is just a great example. And again, if you go to verse 40 of chapter 16, you see that Lydia's home became the meeting place for the church. And what God did is he took this strong businesswoman and she became a strong Jesus woman. She became his servant. And I want to take you over, Dave. Uh, turn to Philippians yeah, 1 real quick. I was trying to get to. Because um, the church at Philippi, the church at Philippi was probably um, one of the best churches that Paul started. And his letter to the Philippian church was one of the most loving, tender letters in the Bible. And And just start at verse 3. And, and read down to verse 7. Yeah. 
Paul writes in his introduction to the letter, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. So as you think about Paul writing this letter, he says, from the first day, That's the day you and I just read about. Mm. That's what we've been teaching about. This was the first day of the church at Philippi. And he says, from that day until now, he's writing this letter now from prison, thinking, okay, I'm done. I'm I'm, I'm writing, and, and I just want you to know I love you. You have been a faithful partner in the gospel. And here's some parting words. But he says, you have been partners from the beginning. And you go through and you read that letter. And he, he, it's, it's just a very rich letter. Philippians is one of my favorite mm-hmm. little books. Mm-hmm. And, um, and imagine the encouragement and support um, that the people he was writing to must have felt. That, that here is the, you know, arguably the leader of the church at that point. Mm-hmm. along with the other apostles who were still in Jerusalem. And, and he's he's writing this to them, saying, you're all partakers in this with me. You did yeah. it with me. Yeah. And, and you know, when you think about um, Paul, this, this time period for his second missionary journey is somewhere around 50 A.D. And, you know, when you look at, at the book of Philippians, when he wrote this letter, um some somebody well some commentators believe he wrote it somewhere around 60 Mm -hmm. AD right um but he he ended up dying a few years later like 65 AD or 67 ADs when they think he died but he was in prison here when you're in prison there (laughs) you don't know when you're gonna die you know I mean like he he was let out of prison he eventually and then got went to Rome and went back in there and ended up dying was beheaded but when he wrote this letter it was just such a personal letter to the people of philippi the first church in europe and um it it was an amazing church that paul planted the most giving church probably the most mission-minded and so as we kind of step out of our comfort zones today just to think about Paul's ministry there, and we think about uh, finding out where God is working and joining him, we need to kind of introspect a little bit and ask ourselves, are we staying in a place of comfort out of disobedience to God? Because God, we know God has moved us to do something, but we don't like it in our mindset. We don't, we're, we're afraid to do it. We're afraid of loss it may bring in our life. Uh, whether it's loss of finances, loss of security, loss of some relationship to do a particular ministry? Are we staying in a place of comfort in disobedience? Are we seeing where God is working around us? Are we even looking for where God is working? Mm -hmm. Are we aware? Whose agenda are we really following? These are questions that this passage evokes for us, and we really need to 
kind of ask ourselves these questions and and get out of our comfort zone. You know, uh, years ago, I heard a message by John Mazel, who was a mentor uh, or is a mentor of mine, and uh, it was about getting out of the boat. He was talking about Peter. You know, people give Peter a hard time because he got in the boat and he sank, but he walked on water before he sank. Right. And I think uh, um, any anybody else, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, it was really – I don't know. It was really a a good good lesson about being a risk taker. Mm. Too often we allow our fear to cause us not to do stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but hey, well, I know we're about to end. I wanted to make sure and let people know. Uh, Friday we're going to have Doctor Brian Croft on on the radio. He's going to be live in the studio with us. He runs the Mathena Center at Southern Seminary up in Louisville and pastored at Auburndale Baptist Church for a long time. He runs a ministry called Practical Shepherding that equips and cares for pastors. And so he's going to be here Friday. Uh, definitely want to tune into that. And, again, I want to remind you again about uh, date night, Friday night, Fruit Cove Baptist Church, and hope you will join us there. Uh, it's going to be a great great evening 7 to 9 p.m okay and you're going to have a a replay of your interview with ted cunningham on swat radio tomorrow and ted will be performing if you will speaking well he i I don't know if he now tomorrow he the interview uh the friday he's going to be actually sharing okay and and he is he's he's a pastor i didn't realize he was a pastor i thought he was oh he is he's a pastor he preaches every week but he is so performing the wrong word yeah (laughs) he's going to be sharing but again he gets truth across and it's very very funny so join us join us friday thanks for being with us today at swat radio and come on back tomorrow david gray and doug mccary If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening